Happy Sabbath. All right, welcome to yet another um, Sabbath school. Uh, I hope um, that I can get through my thoughts this morning. Um, this morning, the thoughts are pretty um, uh, familiar to us, I should say. It's just, um, you know, when you're building a house, you have the rafters, you have the roof, right? You have the floor, but you, can you live in there? No. Yes, you can. But is the house done? No, right? So then you need paint, right? And all that stuff. But, and you could leave in there while they sit. But the house is not done until you have all the light switches and the baseboard and right? all, the little, all the little fittings, right? That make a house a house needs to go in there so that you could say you're complete. The point that I'm making is the reform lines and Miller's rules and all those, that's the rafters and the roof. Those are the things that the Lord give us that we can live in while he perfect the house. Everyone's following? And so as we go over these things more and more, what are we doing? Now we're adding the fixtures to them, right? And so it's things that we already know, but we'll see like little things that, that you know, we see when we go back and read them over. And that gives us a better understanding of where we are and where we are going. All right. And with that, let us reverently kneel forward to prayer. Amen. All right. So um, for those of you watching online, uh, the notes, it should be in the description um, under the video. You can simply go there and follow along. Um, somebody, who, whoever has phone and number, somebody send them the link. Okay. So um, very well-known quote, Review and Herald, November 25, 1884, paragraph 23. It says, Said Christ, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Again, he said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not what? Okay, so Val just went over walking, right? And so keep that in mind because we have to walk in the, walk in the light, right? And he says, the light of truth is going forth how? Like a burning lamp to whom? I'm sorry. And those who love the light will not what? Will not walk in darkness. They will what? Study the scriptures. So those who walk in the light do what? Study the scriptures. They will study the scriptures that they may know of a surety that they are listening to the voice of the true shepherd and not that of a stranger. The burning lamp brings the what parable to all mind. The parable of the ten virgins, right? So right here, she's talking about the parable of the ten virgins. And those who went forth with their burning lamp, it means they were, they were what? Studying the scriptures. Amen? All right. Then she says, those who are engaged in what? Proclaiming the third angel's message are doing what? Studying the scriptures. Amen? Upon what? The same plan that Father Miller adopted right away the problem of the ten virgins is connected to Miller's rules all right if you are to be a wise virgin Miller's rules must be a part of your vocabulary it must be a part of your arsenal right it must be a part of the armor that you put on to go walking amen Val all right so she says in the little book entitled views of the of, of, of the prophecies and prophetic chronology Father Miller gives a few simple but intelligent and important rules for what? For Bible study and? So in, in the virgins, taking up their lamb, the Lord gave them a few important and intelligent what? Rules to carry the lamb. Amen? All right. And then she quotes five of those rules. And we'll just skip over those five and drop down to the last part. It says, the above is a portion of the rules and in all what study. in our study of the bible or while walking in the light amen all right we shall do we shall all do well to heed the what principles. the principles 
set forth. So these rules are designed to take what out of the scriptures as well. The principles there set forth. Amen? That way we can always have light wherever we go. All right? The Bible and the testimonies. It says, the Bible must be your what? All right. She first gives the Bible its place. Amen? But then she says, study what? It and the testimonies God has given. Amen? Bible is given first place. Amen? And any prophet will do that. Right? And it says, study it and the testimonies God has given for they what? They never contradict his word. The testimonies and the Bible never contradict God's word. Amen? All right. This is um, next, next quote. The testimonies themselves will be the what? The key that will explain the messages given as what? Scripture is explained by? Scripture, right? So scripture explains scripture. Therefore, the testimonies explain the testimonies. She says, study the Bible and the what? And the testimonies. But she says, in studying the testimonies, let the testimonies explain the testimonies just the same way the scripture explains the the scripture. Amen? Amen. Explain the Old Testament. Amen. Right? Explaining the events that took place when Christ was fulfilled in the Old Testament. All right. It says all the different testimonies, um, pastoral ministries. How many of the testimonies? All the different testimonies does what? Unite to form what? One whole. As the what? As the books of the Bible are brought together and bound under? Okay, so the testimonies and the Bible have the same structure. Right? This is one of the testimonies combined to form one whole, just like the Bible combines to form one whole. So when, when virgins went forth, they had their Bibles. Amen? And what came to them at the end? The testimonies. Right? Now they had a testimony which, com- which, which what? Blended with the, with the Bible. Bible. Because Canaan because went over and he says, when you get to the end, what do you do? Look back and compare. Compare your testimony to the Bible. Right? To see if you were walking in the, in the light. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Yes, it's the measuring, right? So the testimonies is given so that we can measure our walk and see if we're in line with the Bible. Amen? All right. So let us look at burning lamp. And we know it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamp and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. Drop down to Psalms 119. It says, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So the virgins took with them the word of God. Mm-hmm. Continuing on. Christ Object Lessons 4, 8.2. We're just looking at this burning lamp. It says, In the parable, all the ten virgins went out to meet the bridegroom. All had lamps and vessels for oil. For a time there was seen no difference between them. So with the church that lives just before Christ's second coming. All have a what? All have a what? A knowledge of the scriptures. Right? So this is a key here, right? A part of the burning lamp is a knowledge of the scriptures. All have a knowledge of the scriptures. All have heard the message of Christ what? So particularly the message of what? The parable of the ten virgins can take place until there is a message of Christ near approach. Amen? Because this is what it means to take their lamps. Right? It says, and confidently expected, expect his appearing. Let's go to the next quote. As Christ looked, look, as Christ sat looking upon the party that waited for the bridegroom, he told his disciples the story of the ten virgins. By their what? By their experience. Illustrating what? The experience of the church that shall live just before his... Let me ask a question. Which church lives just before the second coming of Christ? That's true. This one. The one we are in. Not the one the Millerites were in. 
Everybody's following? We're the ones living before the second coming of Christ. So where does the problem of the ten virgin take place? Now. Now, right? That's why she could make statements like, have been and what? Will be. be And will continue to be present truth just like the third angel. Amen? Amen? Because it's for a church that lived just before the second coming. Now, why could it have taken place in mirror history? Because they believed the second coming was October 22nd. And because of that belief, they can live that parable. Because that parable is about people who believe in what? The second coming. Amen? Amen. This is why we know that it has to repeat in our time. Right? Right from the scriptures. You can pull that out. Amen? Amen. All right. She continues in the next quote, uh, 414 paragraph 1. She says, In the parable, the wise virgins had oil in their vessels with their lamps. Their lamp burned with undimmed flame through the night of watching, and their light burned. Shining out of darkness, it helped to illuminate the way to the home of the bridegroom to the marriage feast. So the followers of Christ are to shed light into the darkness of the world. Through the Holy Spirit, God's word is a light as as it becomes a transforming power in the life of the receiver. By what? Implanting in their hearts the what? So what does that burning lamp do, do, do for us? It implants principles. Amen? Amen. All right. It, it, by implanting in their hearts the principles of his word, the Holy Spirit develops in men the attributes of God. And as you walk in the light, you will walk closer to the light. Right? Because who's at the end of the, of, of the path? A bright light, right, at the end of the path. So as you walk in the light that you receive, you will meet the light, so to speak, and you will become more and more like that light. Amen? All right. So keep that in mind. The parable of the ten virgins, Miller's Rules. It's about Bible study. It's about an experience, right? And, and, and um, where is the other one? It's about having a knowledge of the scriptures and also learning the principles set forth therein. Amen? All right. So, time of the end. Under the heading, time of the end. And I'm going to just switch. Yeah, keep that first thought in mind because it'll come right back into this thought. Amen? The message of Revelation 14, proclaiming that the hour of God's judgment is come, is given when? In the time of the end. And the angel of Revelation 10 is represented as having one foot on the sea and one foot on the land. Showing both, both of them is showing that the message will be carried to distant lands. Amen. Amen. So she brings in Revelation 10 and Revelation 14, and she says it's the same message. Yeah. Amen. All right, let's continue moving. Revelation, let's go to Revelation 10. Verse 2 says, and he had in his hand what? A little, book. A little book open. So when that angel comes, he has in his hand what? A little book open. And, and I'm just going to say here, right, the time of the end which we'll prove later, it, it begins a, 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 a history, it begins a, a reformation, and right there it says the angel comes on with the little book open. Amen? Amen. Amen. The little book. But what happens when the little book comes? Where is God's people in relation to the book? They don't understand it. Right? Keep in mind, it says to take your lamp, you must have a knowledge of the scripture. All right. Let's continue. So when the book comes, it is not what? No man has a knowledge. So what couldn't they take? That book. They couldn't take their lamp. Right? Everybody see the setup? This is why you could only start the reform, the, the, the parable of the ten virgins here and not here. Everybody follow? Yes. Amen. Everyone's following? I, I really like it. The Lord is just adding to what we know already. This is not things we don't know, and I praise God for that, that we can just sit here and discuss things we already know, just adding the, 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 the fixtures, putting up the light switch, right? Covering the wall, putting the wall plate, right? Making sure the baseboard have no scratches. This, this is really what we're doing here. The house has already been built. Amen. The whole structure, we have covering, we have a roof, we know Miller's rules, we have 
understanding of the first, second, and third, right? But now the Lord is giving us the, 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 the insight. He's fixing everything for us so that we, in fact, he does that himself so that he can live in it. All right? So let's continue. Verse 2 says he had his hand a little book open. And when you get down to verse 6, and I'm just going to skip through it, it says that the angel says that there should be time no. So this chapter, Matthew 10, Revelation 10, tells us there's a beginning where the little book is open, and there's an end where there is time no longer. The message itself tells you where you are. Amen? The message itself gives you the parameters for the message. All right? Continuing on. Unsealing the little book. John comes with a little book and it's open. She says, John sees the little book unsealed. Then, when you, the word then does what? It marks a specific point. And I, I like that because I, that, that's something I, I learned reading that paper from James White. The word then marks a specific point. Right? So when you see that word, then we have to know what time it is. And if you, could, if you could locate that time, then what? Then you know where you are and what should happen. Amen? It says, then Daniel's what? Daniel's prophecies was to have its what? They were to be laid in order. Amen? Proper place in the what? First, second, and third angel's message to be given to the world. The unsealing of the little book is a message in relation to what? To time. Take this quote now. Let you go to our line. It says, at the time of the end, the book is opened. Amen? Mm -hmm. And then it says, then Daniel's prophecies were to have their proper place in what? First, second, and? Okay, so from this point onward, we should see the first, second, and? Third angel's message. Mm -hmm. Amen? Because the time of the end is the opening of the, of the book, the unsealing of the book. And then she says it's a message in relation to what? All right, so from this point onward, everything is in relation to time. All right? Let's continue. The, uh, Acts of the Apostles, she says, In the Revelation, all the books meet of the Bible meet an end. Here is the complement of the book of Daniel. One is a prophecy, but the, the other a? All right, the book that was sealed is not what? Not the revelation, but that portion of the prophecy of Daniel relating to the last days. So what's beginning to open here is the portion of the prophecy relating to the, to the last days. Amen? And those prophecies, which I have highlighted here, specifically, and, and Dan, there's many prophecies in there. But she says the messages were in relation to what? Time. And when you go into Daniel, what are those time prophecies that lead you down to 1798? It's right here. The 1290, the 1335, and the 2300 days, right? Right? Specifically those. I'm not saying there is not other prophecies in Daniel, which we need to know. Yeah, well, the whole, the, the whole period. I'm looking at, because well, she says the message is, she says um, when the book is open, um, then, the, then prophecy was to have its proper place in the first, second, and third, right? So I'm just saying, in, in, in light of that, what are those prophecies? It's the 1335, the 2300 days, and the 1290. Those, the 1260, yes. Those you can find in the book of Daniel. Amen? As, as far as relation to time. Amen? Amen? All right, I need assurance, right? No, don't, don't look at me like that. So, continuing on, it says in the next quote, 2SM 108, it says, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea, upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth. She quotes um, Revelation 10, 5 and 6, and he comes down and he says that there should be time no longer. And he says this message announces what? The end, the end of what? Prophetic. Prophetic periods. And then she tells us when. The disappointment of those, the, dis the disappointment of those who expect to say, Lord, when? All right. So we know for a fact that it's time no longer in 18... 44, I'm just putting it in because that's what she said. We'll, 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 in the Bible and the testimonies have to be studied how? The same, right? In the same way, the same rules. And, and she says, take the Bible as it 
therefore we take the testimony as it, as it reads. And she says 44, right? So we just write 44 there for now. Right? And again, we all know what date it is, right? All right, so let us continue on. Let's go down to the next quote, the increase of knowledge. Now, the first part, I'm going to read it for context so we understand where we are. It says, a great religious awakening under the proclamation of Christ's coming is foretold in the prophecy of what? And she tells us plainly that the prophecies of the first, second, and third takes their place from the time of the end. Right? So we already know that what she's talking about here is what's happening from the time of the, uh, time of the end. And then she says, an angel is seen flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. With a loud voice, he proclaims the message, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. The fact that an angel is said to be the herald of this warning is significant. By the purity, the glory, and the power of the heavenly messenger, divine wisdom has been pleased to represent the exalted character of the work of, to be accomplished by the message and the power and glory that were to attend it. And the, in the angel's flight in the midst of heaven, the loud voice, with which the warning is uttered and its promulgation to all that dwell on the earth, to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, give evidence to the rapidity and worldwide extent of the movement. The message itself sheds light as to the what? Time, time when this movement is to take place. And we saw that also in Revelation 10. It tells you, book open, time no longer. The message itself shed what? Light on? On the, on the particular time. Amen? Just like this one says, Fear God and give glory to Him for what? Our of His judgment is, the message tells you when to expect it. Amen? Then it says, It is declared to be a part of the everlasting gospel, and it announces the opening of the judgment. The message of salvation has been preached in all ages, but this message is a part of the gospel which could be proclaimed only when? In the last days. For only then would it be true that the hour of his judgment is come. Now taking this thought that it could be only proclaimed in the last days and married to the thought where she said the parable of the ten virgins could only be taking place when, to, the, to the church that is living near the close of Christ's history. Um, near the close of the second coming. Right? When you marry them up, you see why the parable of the ten virgins could have only taken place in a particular time. Amen? Because the message had its time. The parable then also had its time. It's in line with the message. Amen? Continuing on. The prophecies presents a what? A succession of events. This is key, right? Because this is how we are living right now at the end of the world. Amen? Through a succession of events leading down to the opening of the judgment so time at the end succession of events leading down to time no longer if there is time no longer then everything is closed right and when something is closed the judgment begins amen, amen. all right continuing on this is especially true of the book of what the book of daniel and she says daniel's prophecies open at the time of the end but, but that part of the prophecy, which, uh, part of his prophecy, which related to the last days, Daniel was bidden to do what? Close up and till when? Till the time of the end. Amen? Not till we reach this time could a message concerning the judgment be proclaimed based on the fulfillment of these prophecies. But at the time of the end, says the prophet, many shall what? Run to one and what? Knowledge shall be, okay, that take your mind back up to this quote that we read, where she says, all have a knowledge of the scriptures. All have heard the message of Christ's near approach and confidently expect his appearing. This statement she made in relation to the ten virgins, right? And now she's telling us, it's in Daniel 12, where it says, many shall run and what? So we expect at the time of the end that knowledge 
increases. Amen? Amen. All right. It's, it, when, when, you, when you take our writings and you take that part and you take that and you bring them together, you get the full picture. That's what she says. The testimonies are, 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 the testimonies are different parts of the great whole. Mm -hmm. Amen? And this is what you do. You, you do her writings the same way you do the Bible. Mm -hmm. Amen? And if you go through her writings and you, you bring this, it paints a beautiful picture and it gives you this show platform. Continuing on. The Apostle Paul warned the church not to look for the coming of Christ in his day. That day shall not come, he says, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed. Not until after the great apostasy and the long period of the reign of the man of sin can we look for the advent of our Lord. The man of sin, which is also styled the mystery of iniquity, the son of perdition, that and that wicked represents the papacy which, as foretold in the prophecy, was to maintain supremacy for how long, Senor? 1260 years. This period ended where? There she, now she gives us a date. Amen? 1798. So what? 1798 then is the time of the end. Amen? Now 1798, there should be a message in relation to time. Now in 1798, knowledge should increase. Amen? All right, let's continue on. She says, The time of Christ's coming could not take place before that time. Paul covers with his caution the whole of the Christian dispensation down to the year 1798. It is this side of time that the message of Christ's second coming is to be Proclaimed. this side of time. Right? And the parable of the ten virgins is a message in relation to the second coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. So it is only this side of Time could we see the parable of the ten virgins? Amen? It says, no such message has ever been given in the past. Paul, as we have seen what? Did not preach it. And she says, the reformers did not proclaim it. Bold part. But since 1798, the book of Daniel has been what? Unseen. Knowledge of what? Prophecies. And this is key. Knowledge of the prophecies. Amen. Knowledge of the prophecies, she says, has increased and many have proclaimed the solemn message of the judgment near. Right? So from this point onward, it should be a message of prophecy. Amen? Because this is all this is about. The parable of the ten virgins is strictly about the fulfillment of prophecy. Right? It's not about... Don't get me wrong. Um... There is a part where, where, where you do, you know, community service and all these varying things for your neighbors. Because the, 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 the Millerites were the church of what? Brotherly love. Philadelphia. So what, but what brought them into that condition? Prophecy. You don't get to that condition unless you understand prophecy. So you could talk about the love and the, 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 the you know, the, 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 the human services and the welfare, all that means nothing without an understanding of prophecy. You can see those that they say in other parables. Mm -hmm. Because when I was making yes. communion and housing plans, yeah. I showed the prophecy. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So let's now look at prophecy fulfilled. Um, drop down to the bold part. I mean, we read, did we, we probably read that already, but let's read it again. The book of Daniel is what? What year are we in? 1798, right? It's as simple as that. And the what? So you have both Daniel and whom here? And John, right? Daniel, prophecies are open, and who's, re who's revealing it to us? John. Amen? The book of Revelation. The revelation made by Christ to John is to come to whom? All the inhabitants of the earth, fear God and give glory to him. And he says, and go to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And people. It says, but the, by the what? Increase of knowledge is the people what? Prepared to stand in the latter days. Amen? Amen? If we don't have this experience of the increase of knowledge, we can't stand. In fact, you can't begin to proclaim, behold, the bridegroom coming. All right? So, moving on. Next quote. 
This is out of ages. She says, as the message of Christ's first advent was announced, uh, announced the kingdom of his grace, so the message of his second advent announces the kingdom of his glory. And the second message, like the first, is based on what? Prophecies. So the first angel and, well, not the first angel. We, we were. The, the first message, Christ's first advent, was in his time. Amen? And it's based on what? Prophecy. And the second message, Revelation 14, is based on what? Prophecy. So from 1798 down to October 22nd, we should be seeing the fulfillment of prophecy. Amen? It says, the words of, Dan of the angel to Daniel relating to the last days were to be understood when? In the time of the end. All right? At that time, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. The wicked shall do wickedly, and, the wise, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. The Savior himself has given what? Signs of his coming. He says, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is what? Nigh at hand. So Christ himself tells us when to look for the parable of the ten virgins. Amen? Amen. Yeah. All right. Let us continue. Drop down. Let's go to Luke. Luke 21. This is where he says it. He says, the Bible says, And as some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, he said, As for these things, which ye behold, which ye behold, the days come in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And they asked him, saying, Master, when shall be these things? And what sign will there be that these things shall come to pass? Now, I'm only quoting that because Ellen White in the, in the previous quote, she quotes Luke 21. Mm -hmm. right? So I'm taking from Luke 21, the, um, I mean, I should have read it, but Christ told them, take heed, um, lest they become overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness. He says, watch ye therefore and pray always. And then she quotes the other one. Yes, that one. Watch ye therefore and pray always. Why did Christ say that? Right here, Luke 21, 5 to 7. Everyone following? Because they asked him, when shall these things be? All right? Um, they asked him, when shall these things be and what sign will there be that these things shall come to pass? And Matthew says it better. Uh, I prefer Matthew because it says, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of, the, of thy coming and of the what? The end of the world. The end of the world is the time of the end. So they asked, they asked him specifically about the time of the end. Let's continue in Luke, Luke 21, verse 24. Christ says, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and they shall be led away captive to all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So Christ is telling them what to expect. He's telling them the times of the Gentiles must happen. Amen? So this is... Christ here, and he's giving the signs. And he says, before you get to that point, right, which is the time of the end, let me make this one further up. Before you get to this point, you must have the times of the Gentiles. times of the Gentiles. And then he says, um, Sorry, Revelation 11 explains the time of the Gentiles. It says, But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto whom? And the holy city they shall what? Tread on the foot. Is that what Luke says, right? How long? 42 months is how long? 1260. Okay? Now, it's not 1260 from Christ's time to, to, the, to, to, the, to 1798. Okay, keep that in mind. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll just separate it so that we don't confuse anyone. So that'll be five, what? 38. 38, right? And we know that this is the time of the Gentiles. time of the Gentiles. Go ahead, Kanar. Yes. Well, when he, yes, that's true. But when he, when he said it, if you take from that time, paganism had to finish its, yeah. um, its run, its run yeah. so that the, because Paul says what? There must be a what? 
Paul is saying the same thing as Christ, that there must be the two times of the Gentiles before the message can be preached. Amen. Amen. All right. So Paul and Christ is teaching the same thing. Amen. All right. So let us continue on. Verse 25 of Luke 21. And then Christ says, and what? And there shall be what? Signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nation with perplexity the sea and the what waves roaring roaring now this part i really i, I praise god for this right because the signs in the sun and in the moon they're all natural amen so then the waves should be what when did that happen okay it's answered i i, I praise god for it it, it was answered i'll, I'll We'll read it in a little bit. I had the same thought. When did that happen? Because waves, I don't hear nothing about no waves, but it has happened. No, no, I'm talking about before 1798. That's what he's teaching us. These things, but not all of it, but one of them happened after. So, yeah, you, you'll see it. So let's drop down now to the next quote. It says what? What's the first word? Okay, so it's about what? It's about the fulfillment of prophecy, amen? Prophecy not only foretells the manner and object of Christ's coming, but presents what? Tokens by which men are to know when it is near. Said Jesus, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. The sun shall be what? We get more evidence, right? Tell us exactly what to look for. The sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give a light, and the stars shall... The stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. The Revelator thus describes the first of those signs to precede the second advent. There was a what? A great earthquake. And the sun became black. I should have highlighted that. A sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as what? So John gives us an additional evidence. He says before the sun gets dark, there must be a what? A great earthquake. Right? Christ didn't say a great earthquake, but John, in his revelation, was given additional evidences. Amen? Let's continue. These signs were witnessed before the opening of the 19th century. What year did the 19th century begin? 1800, right? All right. 1798 is two years before 1800. Amen? It, isn't Christ lovely? I mean, no. Okay. Jesus is a wonderful number, amen? It is two years before 1800, right? It says, in fulfillment of what? Of this what? Prophecy, there occurred in, the, in what year? All right, so now we're at 17... 55. And what was there in 1755? The Great Earthquake. All right? I'm going to just take this out right there. The Great Earthquake. Lisbon. All right? And it says, um, yes, in the year 1755, the most terrible earthquake uh, that, was ever that has ever been recorded, though commonly known as the Earthquake of Lisbon, it extended to, green, to the greater part of Europe, Africa, and America. Let's go on to the last bowl. What does it say? A vast what? Did what? Swept across the coast of Spain and Africa, engulfing cities and causing what? There's your fulfillment of the waves um, rowing. Amen? I've never seen that before, but I praise God. It's the waves is tsunami. Right? So Wesley said, the waves is tied to the earthquake. Amen? When there's an earthquake, the waters draw back. Okay? And then it comes, I really praise God for that little tidbit right there. Just additional proof of stuff that he's already taught us. Amen? All right. Next, next part. And, and keep in mind, she says, Daniel is about prophecy. Right? And what we see already is seven, um, John is revealing what? The prophecies. Amen? So the Lisbon earthquake is a fulfillment of prophecy. 
continuing, 25 years later appeared the what? The next sign mentioned in prophecy, the darkening of the... Isn't that what John said in, in Revelation 6? There is an earthquake and then the sun will be darkened and the moon shall turn to blood. As it was said, so it is fulfilled. Amen? Job down to the bold in that text. I'm not going to read. It says, on May 19th, 1780, this prophecy was... All right, so now we got another date. All right, May 19th, 17. In 1780, you had the dark day. And also night, right? Because the moon was darkened that night. Amen? All right, so the dark day and the, and the dark night. All right, signs in the sun and in the moon. Amen? Now, let's go to the next one. What's the other sign we're looking for? Oh, because it's three stars. Well, it's four, four prophecies, right? The earthquake, stars and sun and moon, and then what? Stars falling. I love how Christ did this, right? He set up the whole of 1798 by saying, until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So you couldn't miss 1798. Amen? Paul says, there must be a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, right? And no message could be taught on the coming of Christ before this date. It was impossible. It came from the master's mouth himself. Amen? And that's why he says, it is not for, for, for me to give you the times and the seasons. It is put in the Father's hand. The Father is the one that set this whole thing up. And Christ was saying, all, Christ said, all that you've given me, I've what? I've given them. Which was part of that. Amen? All right. It says, in, in what year? In 1833, right? Let's just put it here. 1833. Two years after Miller began to present the public evidences of Christ's soon coming, the last of the signs did what? Appear, which were promised by the Savior by the Savior as tokens of his second advent. Drop down to the next bowl. This what? This prophecy received a what? Striking and what? Impressive fulfillment in the great meteoric shower of November 13, what? 1833. Okay? Christ ensured that this one happened when? After 1798. Everyone following? You just trace it through history, right? And you can see how nicely the Lord laid it out. So we come to 1798, and then the next sign, right, is in 1833. Is 1798 a fulfillment of prophecy? Amen. Is the end of the 1260? Amen. Is 1833 a fulfillment of prophecy? Yes, the falling of the, the falling of the stars. But before you can come to 1798, you need to understand this portion that leads up to it. Amen. All right. And as you understand it. Now you come to 1798 and you see, oh, wait, this sign didn't happen before 1798. It happened after. Amen? So it must be important. Amen? But she makes it plain that, I, I didn't read everything out here, but she makes it plain that Miller received his license. Right? And we know that he, what message did Miller come up, stumble upon? The message of the second coming. Amen? So 1833 is, 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 is tied to the message of the second coming, right? So, let us go to the next quote. In the year 18 what? 40, another what? Another remarkable what? What is the book of Daniel about? The fulfillment of prophecy, right? And you can just walk through her writings and she'll tell you those prophecies, right? She says, another remarkable fulfillment excited widespread interest. Two years before, Josiah Lich, one of the leading ministers, preaching the what? All right, two years before 1840, what is, it, what is he already preaching? The second coming. Amen? The second advent. Published an exposition of Revelation 9 predicting the fall of the Ottoman Empire. According to his calculations, this power was to be overthrown in A.D. 1840, sometime in the month of August. And only a few days previous to its accomplishment, he wrote, allowing for the first 
period, 150 years, to have been exactly fulfilled by Diakazis before Diakazis ascended the throne by permission of the Turks, and that the 391 years, 15 days, commence at the close of the first period, it will end on the 11th of August, 1840, when the Ottoman Empire in Constantinople may be expected to be broken. And this, I believe, will be found to be the case. At the very time specified, Turkey, through her ambassadors, accepted the protection of the Allied powers of Europe and thus placed herself under control of the Christian nations. So, 1811, 1840, at the very time specified, prophecy was fulfilled. Amen? Continuing on. The event exactly fulfilled the prediction. When it became known, multitudes were convinced of the correctness of the principles of what? Prophetic interpretation what? Adopted by Miller and his? Okay, so August 11, 1840 is tied to rules of Bible interpretation. Amen? All right, so here you have Miller's rules. Amen. Miller's rules. And the very first quote we read, she says, I'm going to go back to it because I want us to miss it. She says, the light of truth is going forth as a burning lamp. And then she says, those who are engaged in proclaiming the third angel's message are studying the scriptures, how? Upon the same plan that what? Father Miller what? Okay, and we just read in this quote that what? When this prophecy was fulfilled, where is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to find it. Yes. Multitudes were convinced of the correctness of the principles of prophetic interpretation. What? Adopted. adopted. Amen? So the principles that were adopted by Miller is tied to Revelation 9. Amen? It's also tied to the burning lamp. Amen? So when the parable of the ten virgins began, what did they take with them? Miller's rules. It was Miller's rules that allowed that lamp to shine. Right? This is what... Say? Amen. Miller's rules... Miller's rule was the lamp. I'm, I, I agree with you. Because Miller's rule led him to the chart. The chart was the oil that was poured into them. Everyone's following? The chart was because she says, what's the quote? She says, um, Habakkuk 2 suggested to Charles Fitch the what? The making of a? Who suggests things to us? It's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that came to Fitch and the oil was poured in. Everyone is following? Because he had the right rules. So yes, the rules, because you, you can't have a lamp if you don't have what? Oil, right? So you do live with oil. But they had a flagon. Amen. Yes, the Bible is the lamp. They also had a flagon to put what in it? More oil. Everyone's following? So Miller's rules, oil. It was the Holy Spirit that led Miller to these rules. Amen? And if you, when you parallel August 11, 1840 to Christ's baptism, who came down? The Holy Spirit. Right? So the Spirit moved upon them. Right? Amen. So it says... Let's go to the next quote. The coming of Christ, as announced by the what? First angel's message was understood to be, to, to, to be represented by the what? Coming of the bridegroom. The widespread reformation under the proclamation of his soon coming answered to the going forth of the, of the virgins. So we know right here the virgins went forth. And they went forth with Miller's rules. Amen? Amen. This, this, this is, for me, these things are nice because they are really shoring up the platform. Right? These are not things we don't know. But when you have these little, uh, these little pieces that, that just, because you don't see it until you, you, you for instance, when, when, you, when you're building something 
and it's rough, it just looks rough. But when you sand it and you finish and you realize, oh man, I got a little spot here. Now you got to find something to fill that little spot and then sand it over again. So it's like that. We, as we study these truths and as we, as we seek to polish them, the Lord shows us, man, you got a little spot there. Let's just fill that in. Let's just make it tight. Amen? And so what the Lord is helping us to do is now to tie Miller's rules to Matthew 25. Right? And, and once that is tied, it is impossible to not locate the parable of the ten virgins. Amen? Go ahead, Michelle. Okay. So, Christ gave some signs that take us up to the time when the message of his second coming should be preached. Amen? And we read that the time for that was 17... 1798, right? And those signs are signs in the sun, in the moon, earthquakes, right? And the waves rowing, amen? As well as the stars, all right? So when you come to, 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 to um, 1833, the stars fall, amen? Now learn, right? So the stars fall, this was the last of the signs, amen? And from this moment on, like I say, now learn the Matthew 24, it says, now learn the parable of the fig tree. When he shooteth forth, right? So now you have this, um, you have now Miller and Litch and a couple of other people studying the scriptures. Because isn't that what it says? To go forth with a lamp is to do what? It's to study, right? She says they studied the scriptures. They had a knowledge of the scriptures. And in 1798, the Bible tells us knowledge shall increase, mm -hmm. right? So here's a group of people having this knowledge. But then she says, Right here, multitudes were convinced as to the correctness of the interpretation adopted by Miller and his associates. And then this last quote that we read, she tells us that the, the, the preaching of the, of the first angel's message answered to the going forth of the virgins. What did they go forth with? The burning lamp. Because the very first quote says, those who are preaching the third angel's message are studying upon the same pla um, plan that Father Miller adopted. And this prophecy, August 11, 1840, confirmed what was adopted. And so everybody took what was adopted and went forth. Amen? Amen. It's tied to Miller's rules. Go ahead, Kenner. Amen. Yes, because now the wheat and the tears also come into play, right? The power of the talents. Just name them right here. August 11, 1840, they begin, right? Yes, the two classes, right? And that's what, that's what, what Matthew 24 teaches. Just before Christ's coming, there's going to be two classes, all right? So, it says, um, the widespread reformation under the proclamation of his soon coming answered to the going forth of the virgins. In this parable, as in that of Matthew 24, what happened? It's right there, Michelle. Two classes were represented, right? So the notes is in the chat. All had taken their what? The Bible, and by its light had gone forth to meet the bridegroom. It was Miller's rules that allowed them to go forward. Amen? Um, next bowl. In the fear of God, they had studied the what? They had studied the scriptures to learn the truth and had earnestly sought for purity of heart and life. So they had the Bible and the oil because this purity comes through the Holy Spirit. Amen? And then um, the next bowl says, Without a thorough understanding of the truth. No. Um, let's read from, from behind. It says, These had a personal experience a faith in God and in his word, which could not be overthrown by disappointment and delay. Others took their lamps, but took what? No oil with them. They had moved from impulse. Their fears had been excited by the solemn message, but they had depended on the faith of their brethren, satisfied with the flickering light of good emotions. Without a thorough understanding of the truth, a genuine work of grace upon the Heart and the genuine work of grace is the work of the Holy Spirit. All right. All right. So you have 
You come to August 11, 1840, and the parable of the ten virgins begin. I'm not going into the parable of the ten virgins. But we know it takes us up to 1844 when it's time no longer, right? Matthew, Revelation 10 gives us this parameter. Amen? Little book open, time no longer. Amen? Amen? All right. And we know that time no longer only could deal with messages in relation to time. The last of which ended on October 22nd, 1844. So now let's go to this next section, prophesy again. It says, And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth, what? Sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was? What experience is that? It's the disappointment of October 22nd, 1844. All right? So I know... I don't have the rest of it here, but I'll just put it 1842, uh, 419, the midnight cry is when they ate the little book. Amen? Amen? All right. Again, these are things we, 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 we should already know. And then it says in verse 11, And he said unto me, Thou must what? Prophesy how? Again, before whom? Before many what? People's nation, kindred. What is he telling us? Repeat the parable of the ten virgins. Right here in this text. Right? Because she says the prophecies of Daniel, um, when they were open, they introduced the first, second, and third angel's message. And she says the, 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 the Revelation 10 and Revelation 14, the angel having one foot on the sea and one foot on the earth, and the angel saying, to every nation, king, and tongue, I mean, angel flying in the midst of heaven, was an illustration of the message going everywhere fast. Amen? So when he comes to the end of it, he tells John, thou must do what? Go everywhere again, fast. Amen? So right here, it tells us the problem. Ellen White has a quote, she said, we know the parable of the ten virgin has been and will be repeated. Now we could prove it from the scriptures that the parable of the ten virgins has to be repeated. Because the parable of the ten virgins is an experience in the first and second angel's messages leading down to the coming of Christ. Amen? That's what Revelation 10 is. An experience that led them down to the coming of Christ. And then John was told, prophesy again. Amen. Amen. And the reason why I'm highlighting prophesy again is because I was showing that all these things are fulfillment of what? Prophecies. Right? The Lord made it a point to make sure that whole history was based on prophecy. Because when you come to the end, he's going to say prophesy again. Right? And, and by prophesying again, you should have the same experience. The same experience they had teaching the first, second, and third angels' messages, the same experience we should have teaching the first, second, and third angels' messages. Hence the reason why we could clearly delineate a repeat of this history in our time. Nobody's preaching the third angels' message without having this exact experience. Amen? All right. So, the very first, um, sorry, Desire of Ages 235, she says, we have what? Reached the period foretold in these scriptures. The time of the end what? Is come. The visions and the prophets are what? Unsealed. And their solemn warning point us to our Lord's coming in glory as near at hand. And the point I want to make, she wrote this after this experience. Okay? And she's telling them, all that the Lord said had, uh, was to come to pass would have come to pass. But we're still looking for His second coming. Mm -hmm. Therefore, when you come down to our time, the only way we could announce His coming is through the same messages and experience. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? All right. So in relation to Miller's rules, I like this part because she says, um, In our study of the Bible, we shall do what? Yeah. To do what? Heed the principles set forth. Now let's look at what the Bible says about taking heed. 
Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 23 says, Take heed unto yourself, lest thee what? We have nothing to fear for the future, lest we what? Lest we forget the way the Lord has dealt with us in the past. Amen? The Bible is saying the same thing. Amen? Take heed, lest you forget. And the next bold part says, and make you a what? If you forget Millerite history, you will join the image of the beast. You will make yourself an image. Amen? All right, let us continue. Deuteronomy 11 says, take heed to yourselves that your heart be not what? How did Christ begin Matthew 24? Take, no, take heed that no man deceive you. Right? And he's been saying that a long time. It says, verse 17, the bold part, then the Lord's wrath be what? If any man worship the beast and his image, the same shall drink of the... If you don't take heed of Miller's rules and go forward, God's wrath awaits you. Amen? Matthew 24, take heed that no man deceive you. We just said that. 1 Peter 1.19. I love this because... How did Millerite history, how did we come to Millerite history? By the fulfillment of, of prophecy. So what does Peter say? We have also a more sure word of whereunto you do well that you what? Take heed as a burning lamp. This is what he's saying. When you take up prophecy, you're taking up the lamp. That's the thing that will shine unto the perfect day. Right? And, the, and he says, that shine it in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in our hearts. Now this next quote. It is true that in the time of the end, when the God's work in the earth is closing, the earnest efforts put forth by the consecrated believers under the guidance of what? Those who take their lamps and their oil. Amen? Are to be accompanied by special tokens of divine favor. Under the figure of the early and latter rain that falls in eastern lands at sea time and harvest, the Hebrew prophets foretold the bestowal of special grace, spiritual, in, grace. spiritual grace, amen, in extraordinary measure upon God's church. Has that happened yet? No, the latter rain has not fallen yet. Amen? All right, amen. It says the outpouring of the Spirit in the days of the apostles was the beginning of the early. Note she says the what? The beginning. What does that mean? It's still falling. Amen? All right. It only ends when the latter begins. Right? All right. It says, and glorious was the result. To the end of time, the presence of the Spirit is to abide with the true church. But near the close of earth's harvest, a special bestowal of spiritual grace is promised to prepare the church for the coming of the Son of Man. This outpouring of the Spirit is likened to the falling of the latter rain. And it is for this added power that Christians are to send their petitions to the Lord of the harvest in the time of the latter rain. In response, the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain. He will cause to come down the rain, the former rain and the latter rain. But unless the members of God's church win today, this moment, have a living connection with the source of all spiritual growth, they will not be ready for the time of reaping unless they keep their lamps how? Trimmed and burning. They will fail of receiving added grace in times of special need. It's very important we understand the parable of the ten virgins. It's very important we know what it means for Seventh-day Adventists. And it's very important that we know how it is fulfilled in this time. For you would not know it's time to trim the lamps if you don't know where you are. Amen? When the foolish rose from sleep, they were bewildered. Have you ever come up from sleep? How are you? You're bewildered. You don't know where you are, you're disoriented, and you turn around and you're like, oh man, can I have some oil? No, I say, no, not so. You know why the wise will not be bewildered? Because they are light sleepers. They were sleeping, waiting for. So at the sound of any footstep, what would have happened? They arose. They wanted to know what was happening. Right? Because they walked in the 
they walked in the light. Amen? So by God's grace, let us continue to walk in the light. Let us, let us try to understand fully this parable of the ten virgins that we know what is transpiring for this time. And keep in mind, it's not going to be easy. It's going to bring persecution. It's going to bring many trials. But by God's grace, we can keep our lives burning so that ourselves and others can find their way to the heavenly kingdom. Amen? Shall we kneel for prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we want to thank you so much for uh, your words of Scripture, Lord, the truth that is to give us a knowledge of, of you and, and your Son, uh, Lord, which is eternal life. And we pray and ask, Lord, that each one of us here uh, will, will reconsecrate ourselves and dedicate ourselves, Lord, to the study of these things and, and, and to the teaching of these things to others, uh, for the preparing of our families and our homes, Lord, and thus, uh, by so doing, be an example of the preparation necessary that as we teach others, Lord, they can see indeed that we have our lamps trimmed and burning. We thank you, Lord, for the blessed Sabbath day. We pray and ask that you'll forgive us. And if there is anything, Lord, that was said that was not according to your word, we pray that you'll bring it to our thoughts, uh, bring it Lord, to our attention, that we may um, put it away and replace it with that which is true. And we pray and ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.